0: Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that you feel blessed by today's message from our lead pastor, Greg Fraser. Pastor Peter did an amazing job last week on Acts chapter 10. Cornelis and the salvation of his friends and family. Why was that such a significant sermon? Because God opens up the door to the Gentiles coming to know Jesus Christ and coming into a saving relationship with Him. And uh, how many non-Jewish people are in this room? (laughs) You are a Gentile, and you are here today because God, by His Spirit, moved in the world to save Gentiles. How many can say, "Thank thank you, God? Amen. Amen. You'll say that even more by the end, but hang in there. I'm with you. Okay. So here's the thing about um every once in a while as a preacher i've been preaching for 30 years the lord will say things to you and you're like really god do you really want me to talk about that and uh, god just kind of keeps going and says yeah let's just dig it out a little bit more i'm going to talk about something in 30 years that i have never preached on now i've referenced it and i've, I've done different things with it but i've never actually dedicated a sermon to angels you're like why are you preaching on angels we're going to get there here's the thing about Cornelius this is what happened that led to him calling for Peter that led him to confessing Christ it's in Acts chapter 10 Cornelius is about doing about his business and distinctly he sees an angel of God who came to him and said Cornelius Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked the angel, answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before the Lord. And so he sends to Joppa and he gets Peter and he comes back and he leads him and his whole family is saved and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and it's a powerful encounter with God that begins to transform this couple and this family and this, this whole journey of this family. Angels what does the Bible say about angels? Why are they here? We're going to correct a little bit of false teaching about angels at the beginning, and you're like, where are you going with this, Pastor Greg? Trust me, hang in there till the end, because it's going to all make sense. And that's what we want to talk about. Because here's the scripture I want you to focus on and think about. Hebrews 1.14 says this, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Do you know that God has placed angels on assignment for you? That's pretty significant. And when we start to understand who these beings are and how powerful they actually are, it's going to change some thoughts for us. We're going to pray and then we're going to look at another angel story from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, keep us all engaged in this moment as we talk about these beings that you created to serve not only you, but to serve those who will inherit salvation. God, I ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and hearts that truly will respond. Lord, today I ask in the house that every heart will be open to you, Holy Spirit, that, Lord, if you put your finger on something, that people won't squirm, they won't walk away, but they'll say, Lord, I'm going to deal with this. Help us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read a significant portion of Scripture. If you have your Bible, it's in Acts chapter 12. I'm not going to put it up on the screen because it would, it's just too much for them to, to do. So just listen to the story, another story of an angel. You can follow in your Bible in Acts chapter 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, including uh, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword When he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread, and after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guard and came to an iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them by itself. And they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. People, uh, Peter knocked at the outer entrance. And a servant named Rhoda came and answered the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed, and she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. (laughs) Men and women of faith and power, you're out of your mind. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him. They were astonished. Isn't that an amazing story? About angels. So who are these beings called angels? And I want to correct some things just for a few minutes. I'm going to just dance through a couple things, and then we're going to get to the main heart of what I felt the Lord wanted to talk about this today. You see, angels are created beings. They are an entirely separate type of creature from humans. Okay? Angels are spirit beings, according to Hebrew 1.14, and they don't have physical bodies, though they can appear in human form to do God's ministry work. You can see that in Genesis 6.4 and 19.1. This is only if God ordains it and allows it. They have intelligence and emotion and they even have free will. You may say, how did we know they have free will? Well, we're going to get there in a minute, but one third of of the angels that were in heaven actually formed a rebellion against God and were cast out of heaven. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So they had a choice. They had a decision. They chose to follow against God. Angels do many other things, including praising and worshiping God, rejoicing in His good works. You ever, you ever see a sunset and you're like, wow, do you ever have that moment of going like, God, way to go. Well done, God. Anybody ever else say that? I do that all the time. Every, I mean, it's so exciting. I I told you my wife. She always, when she sees the rays of the uh, breaking through the clouds, she always thinks of the rapture and the coming of the Lord, and she gets all excited. And I act excited, but I'm really not as excited as she is. And you know, she's just way holier than I am. But that's okay. We'll get there in a minute. Okay. So they stand in God's presence, guys. They literally get to see God. Isn't that awesome? They literally see God, and, and, then, and that glory of God reflects on their life. They proclaim and often enact the judgments of God. Revelation 7, 1 and 8, 2, they are servants of God, and they are servants of the church. Here's the second thought I want to talk about. Angels are powerful beings, and they should be respected but never worshiped. Throughout the Bible, men and women want to bow down before these angels when they meet them and encounter them in their full state of glory, because they're radiating the glory of God. Are you following me? They've been in the presence of the Lord, and so when people meet them, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Let me give you an example. And this is a godly man. Okay, this is this is the Apostle uh, John in the last stages of his life in in the Isle of, of Patmos. Listen, what happens? an angel encounter he has an angel encounter in revelation 19:10 at this i fell at his feet to worship him but he said to me do not do that i am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of jesus worship god for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to jesus amen so guys these are powerful beings guys Okay? They're not to be messed with, but they are here. They serve the Lord and they serve the church. They're not to be worshipped. And you know What does the Bible say about praying to angels? Well, the Bible is very clear. We're never to pray to angels. We're to pray to no one but God. Now, I'm telling you that because there are some misconceptions about this, even within Christendom. <laughs> never does Jesus promote prayer to anyone other than to God. When Jesus was being tempted... Uh, in the wilderness. Remember, the devil says to him, worship me and I will give you all of this for it's been given to me. And Jesus responds and says, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus is very clear that we're not to worship or to bring our prayers to angels. This is consistent with the Old Testament teachings, Exodus 20, verse 5. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down or to serve them in any way. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Amen? So if you come from a tradition, I'm not going to get into this in a big way, uh, where you, you think that prayer to angels is okay I would encourage you to check the Scriptures on that. It's very clear in the Bible. There are extra-biblical teachings that would encourage that, but it's not in the Word of God. Okay? (laughs) Here's another one. Ready for this one? Do humans become angels after death? No. If you have that thought, it's a misunderstanding of the truth of who, who, who humans are church you are created in the image of god you are image bearers and you don't understand the fullness of what has happened in salvation which we're going to talk about in a moment but you are not you do not become angels you know god did not need another angel when he took maybe your loved one home okay he didn't need another angel Humans are distinctly different than angels, and it's a powerful thing when you start to understand it. Amen? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. Uh, the, the only way that we are like angels, the only way that we are like angels according to Jesus' words is that at the resurrection, people will be beyond marriage as with the angels, all of our ecstasies and intimacies will be with God. Why am I telling you that? We're a world and a culture that's inundated with sex. We think sex is the highest, greatest, most important thing. God's saying, you guys don't even have a clue of what's coming. Amen? Okay, just, just, I'm just clearing up some things. Here we go. Are there guardian angels? Well, the scripture's not clear on it, but this is what it does say. Matthew eight ten. This is what Jesus is speaking. He's talking about, see to it that do not despise one of the little children that was running toward him, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Okay, their angels are always seeing God's face. So I don't know what that means. That doesn't say they're guardian angels, but that's kind of an interesting scripture, isn't it? Those of you that maybe have lost a little one in your life, you know, they're angels of God are seeing, and God's angels are with that one. Amen? We're going to get there in just a moment. It's interesting that when, they mis- when she mistook Peter, <laughs> it's interesting that she said, it must be his angel. Well, what does that mean? We don't know what that means. But I'm going to tell you a weird story about an evangelist that I know. Just let me tell you the story. He was on a a flight and he got transferred to another layer of his flight. He was exhausted. He'd been ministering. He went to the lady at the front desk and he said, I'm going to have a nap. Can you please wake me when the flight comes? Okay? So... He wakes up after a couple hours of sleeping, and he, the flight's gone. And he goes to the lady, and he says, what, why didn't you wake me? And she said, sir, you got on the flight. Here's your, your, here's your ticket. Remember when they had boarding passes? Here's your boarding pass. I checked you in. That plane crashed, and everyone died. <laughs> there are angels church are you hearing me okay so this is where we're at we're just looking at these different things we don't know if there are guardian angels but i'm going to tell you this that's not the right question the right question is that you have a god who's going to look after you and take charge over you and protect you and he's with you and for you even when you go through tragedy and loss okay okay so we're finding out about these things called angels Do Christians command angels? No. It's when the church prays, God the Father dispatches angels on their behalf. Listen to Jesus' words. Peter, when he cuts off the ear of the high priest's servants, he said, put your sword back where it belongs. This is in Matthew 26. All who use swords will be destroyed by swords. Don't you realize that I'm able right now to call upon my Father and he will put two legions of age, 12 companies or legions of angels at my disposal. Fighting angels would be here battle ready. Who does Jesus command or talk to or speak to? The Father. And the Father dispatches the angels. Church, I pray often, when I hear about you going through something or when I hear about my family or when we're traveling, I will pray. This is a, My family will attest to this. I will say, God, dispatch your angels, Father. Set your angels over them. There are angels to encourage you. There are angels to strengthen you. There are angels to fight battles for you. There are angels that come when you're in the moment of temptation. You know, you can ask the Father to dispatch an angel to aid you, Remember when Jesus was being tempted in the garden, the angels came and did what? They strengthened Him and ministered to Him. Amen? Did you know that you have that, you can ask the Father to do this? These beings are created. Guys, this is crazy. These angels are are amazing. You, You don't command them, but you can ask the Father to dispense them on your behalf. I pray for encouragement, for strengthening, for protection, for wisdom, for guidance, for deliverance lead people to the, like, I actually pray for God's angels to go and gather people and bring them into this service today. You say, well, I, I, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe you're here because God loves you. Amen? Guys, these angels, they work in the Bible, man. These angels are powerful beings. They hold back the four winds in the book of Revelation. They literally tell the wind, you're not going to blow anymore that way. I'm praying. I literally prayed this week. Father, cause your angels to cause the winds to blow back on these fires so that they burn into themselves. It seems like a reasonable prayer. If an angel can hold back the wind, okay, I'm just saying, guys, like, why not? They can fight physical battles. Like, guys, and again, don't mess with these guys. 2 Kings 19, 34, 35, (laughs) Israel... Like, they're like, God's like, I'm going to fight your battle for you. He puts to death 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. And they, they don't have to go to war at all. They get up and all the loot is present from a battle that the angels fought the night before. Isn't that crazy? He guided Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah, angels. The angels shut the mouth of lions for Daniel in the lion's den. Okay. So, during the Afghanistan war, you know, we had a lot of military families in our church. We still do now. God bless you. Thank you for your service. Uh, One of our soldiers was detached. He was a medic. He was detached right into the battles uh, in Afghanistan. And his wife and I and Betty and others said, Derek, memorize this psalm, Psalm 91. So, this was the scripture he had. He had it written out. And he's there, and he's in the fight, you guys. You following what I'm saying? And the Scripture says, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So he's in Afghanistan in a light armored vehicle, a lav, and uh, they're driving along. He's sitting in the lav. An RPG, which is a rocket-propelled grenade, strikes the side of the lav literally dents the lab pushes him out of his seat he falls on the floor it does not detonate okay i'm just saying aren't there's angels on assignment church amen okay so my wife and i were newly married uh we're in newfoundland and uh, i don't know if this is an angel but i'm going to tell you the story anyway because it's so freaky to me uh we're g- driving up a hill And uh, there's a semi, and so there's a passing lane. So I go to pass the semi. I'm at the top of the hill, and the car dies. I literally have to swerve over the semi. Thank God he was paying attention. He swerved around me and missed me. But I'm at the top of the hill. You cannot see the car. And I'm dead stalled. And I'm like, "Betty, do something? No, I didn't say that. I was like... (laughs) I was like, what do I do? And and before I could even get out of the car, this is, my wife will tell you this, this car whips right up and pulls right in front of us, and the guy gets out, and it's a guy. He says, I have this exact same car. I know exactly what's wrong. Pop your hood. I didn't even say, hi, how are you doing? Nothing. I pop the hood. He bends down for a minute. It was him and another guy. He says, okay, you should be good. Start it up. Vroom. Now get off the road," he says. He gets away. He even talked like a newfie. No, <laughs> I I knew it. I knew newfies were angels, Betty. I knew it. <laughs> and all the Newfoundlanders said, "Amen." <laughs> Okay, I'm just telling you guys, I think you have encounters with angels you don't even know about. There's no other explanation for those things. (laughs) We had a car breakdown recently, a a couple of years ago, and the guy stopped and he had had all the tools to fix my car on a deserted road that I was driving on to go fishing, which fishermen do. They do crazy, stupid things. And he jumps out and he, he literally has the power tools... take my tire off and do all kinds of things with me and i'm i'm like man you must be an angel he says dude i am not an angel like i don't even know where you're thinking so you understand like not everybody who helps you is an angel but god can still send people okay (laughs) okay so it's good hallelujah (laughs) guys here it is angels appear for the defense and protection of god's people throughout the bible they're sent to strengthen us to resist temptation Angels even attend dying saints and conduct them into glory. Church, you may have lost loved ones, but that's not the end of the story. There's angels literally in that moment. We know that because Jesus said about Lazarus, he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. I have attended hundreds probably of people in their moments of their final breath and I'm going to tell you, there's a presence in the room when those people know the Lord. There's something there. When my father passed, my sister-in-law had a, a dream the night before and saw the angels, an angel holding him up by the back, and looking at the setting sun, and there was a great chasm between, and the angel was intent in watching and waiting for the moment to carry him across the chasm. Amen? Guys, how encouraging is that as a Christian to hear that when you've lost loved ones? Hallelujah. These are powerful beings sent here to serve those who will inherit salvation. But here's my question, and this is where the Lord led me in my sermon that was like the aha moment. Why are angels so interested in salvation? Luke 15:10 says, "In the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents." Again, First Peter 1, verse nine. He's talking about us receiving the end goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. He then goes on and talks about how the prophets of old saw salvation, but they didn't understand or how it would come, but they would speak about it. And all these Old Testament prophets would speak about God delivering and God saving. And then it goes on and it concludes in that, in that scripture, even angels long to look into these things. Let me read it again. I'm going to read a portion of it from 1 Peter 1, 9 to 12. This is just condensed portion from the message. Listen to what it's says you never saw him yet you loved him you still don't see him yet you trust him with laughter and singing because you kept on believing you'll get what you're looking forward to total salvation do you realize how fortunate you are angels would have given anything to be in on this Why do angels long to look into this thing called salvation? Why would angels have given anything to be in on this? Church, there was a rebellion in heaven. We don't know when it happened. When it, if it happened during creation, if it happened at another time, we don't know. But we know that there was a powerful angel called Lucifer. He was the guardian cherub. Created and anointed by God with beauty, extreme beauty, and the chief worship angel. You can read about it in Ezekiel 18. Speaking about Satan, he says, Lucifer, who is Satan, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. But something happened to this archangel, this highly exalted being God created. He became proud. You can read about that in Isaiah 14. Let me read it to you from verse 12. How you were fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you were cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High but you shall be brought down to shoal to the lowest depths of the pit. Are you following me now? One-third, I'm going to prove that to you now, one-third of the angels. This is a scripture you're going to come up on your screen, Revelation 12. Then another sign appeared in the heavens, an enormous red dragon with its seven heads and horn, ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. That's talking about a third of the angels. All scholars would agree with that, most scholars. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment it was born. That's talking about Jesus Christ and the church. Then a war broke out in heaven, and like Michael and his angels fought against this dragon, the dragon and the angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven the great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or satan who leads the whole world astray he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him church this is i think we just lost power no we're back thanks buddy church this is talking about the devil and the fallen angels are the demons of hell And this is what the church contends with today. But I want to tell you something, just so you don't leave here all freaked out on Mother's Day. Like, what kind of Mother's Day sermon is this? Are you freaking us out, man? (laughs) Okay, like, seriously. I asked God that this week, like, Lord, seriously, it's Mother's Day. Like, "Mm, come on, something else. (laughs) Okay, okay, guys, ready for this? This is not where God is, and this is not where the devil is. Do you understand there's no limit on God? Like this roof does not stop. God is infinite, omnipotent, omnipresent, omnip- all powerful. Amen? The devil is a created being. But I'm gonna tell you, he hates the church. You've taken his place as the worshiper and the worship leaders. Wow. And I'm going to tell you also why he hates the church. Because he can't be saved. But we can. <sighs> wow. See, the fallen angels and the angels of God, the fallen angels, which are demons, and the angels of God, which they're both messengers. But Satan and the fallen angels, the demons, are creating a message that says don't trust God. Follow the world. Your salvation is in the world. Your salvation is in wealth. You're, you are like the Lord. You understand the fall of the devil was I'm going to be like God. You know how many human beings are saying I'm my own God. Forget God. This is the language of the messenger of the enemy that's constantly pushing on you. His whole gig against the church is to condemn you and to confuse you you are created in the image of god you are image bearers amen you have the message of salvation you are the ambassadors of the kingdom of god that god has broken open the door and said to humanity you can be saved and delivered from your self-centeredness your selfishness you can have salvation. Amen? Amen. Listen to what it says. This is a crazy scripture, Hebrews 2.16. I'm reading from the Amplified. For as we all know, He, Christ, did not take hold of angels, the fallen angels, to give them a helping and delivering hand. But He did take hold of the fallen descendants of Abraham to reach out to them and help them with a delivering hand. Jesus Christ did not come to redeem angels. He came to redeem mankind. And the angels of God, church, watch this, and they're they're shocked that God would save us that God would make a way, send his son to die for us? That God would include us in, his, in, in salvation? That God would deliver us from our bondage to decay and our brokenness and our sinful habits? That God would take us? You say, well, why didn't God save the angels instead? Because the angels saw God and they still chose to rebel. Church, listen to me. Hell is a real place. But it wasn't created for mankind though men will end up there many it was created for angels that had fallen listen to matthew 25 41 then he will say to those on his left depart from me you cursed into the eternal fighter prepared for the devil and his angels second peter 2 thor for if god did not spare angels when they sinned but sent them to hell putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. These scriptures are warning us and crying out to the church that we have been called to be the ambassadors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that if God could save you, He can save anybody. Amen. And it's time for you to share that message. Amen? Hallelujah. I can tell you about Revelation 21, Who's the cowardly and the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual murderers, those who do not believe, they will be sent to a place that was never created for them. Listen to what C.S. Lewis said. There are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God will say in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. No soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Wow. Thanks for joining us today. For more on our messages or information about our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. We hope you have a great week.